Chapter 3, Peanuts and Cracker Jack, October 5th, 1960. In the northeast quarter of America, the early weeks of October can be the most vibrant days of the year. Days shorten, pumpkins ripen, and at night, Jack Frost paints the mapled landscape in brilliant hues of red and gold, yellow and orange, as Mother Nature eases into her rest cycle and the smoky, pungent fragrances of autumn invigorate the air. And sometimes, in the very best years, Indian summer comes around and heats up early October like it was the middle of July. The opening game of the 1960 World Series between the upstart Pittsburgh Pirates and the mighty New York Yankees was such a day. A glorious 80-degree afternoon filled with cotton ball clouds that roamed the bright blue Pennsylvania sky like an endless herd of white buffalo. Neither Jenny nor her brothers, nor even their mom, suspected anything until that morning when her dad, in his blue terry cloth bathrobe, walked into the kitchen at breakfast and, like a magician doing card tricks, fanned out six tickets and said, How would you like to skip school today? As they rode the crowded trolley to the game, her dad, Sal to his friends, sat in the middle, an arm around each of his girls, Jenny and her mom, Jean. Her obnoxious older brothers, Tony, Jimmy, and Nicky, were making their usual ruckus a few rows back. Jenny sat next to the window, studying her reflection in the glass, worried that her makeup might smear and then everybody would see the spidery red and purple discolorations on her new nose. Dr. Emery had promised everything would be normal by now, but he lied. It still hurt, especially at night, and she had to sleep on her back and use a special pillow to brace her head. But the worst was sitting and watching everybody else have all the fun playing in the pickup baseball games down at the corner. At her last checkup, she asked, Dr. Emery, when can I play baseball again? Not for at least another month, he sternly warned. The risk of permanent damage to the reconstruction is too great. But baseball will be over and all the boys will be playing football. Her mom had been standing off to the side, smiling, like she'd planned the whole thing. It's good timing, Jennifer. Now that you're becoming a young lady, you have to stop being such a tomboy. Baseball is much too rough. It's not at all ladylike. But I'm really good, Mom. I get a lot of hits, and I'm faster than stupid Nicky or Rusty Lindbergh or Jory Covano. And everybody says I don't throw like a girl. How good you are isn't the point. The point is you are a girl. But isn't it nice Dr. Emery says you can still take your dance lessons? But baseball's a lot more fun. I took dance lessons when I was your age, and I had plenty of fun. It was no use arguing. Her mom had never played baseball, not in her whole life, not even once. The bell clanged, and she forgot all about Dr. Emery as the car lurched down the line with the comforting clackety-clack-clack of steel wheels on steel tracks. Newcomers squeezed in, standing up and gripping the silvery poles or the leather hoops dangling from the ceiling swaying back and forth to keep their balance. Twenty blocks. Stop. Nineteen. Stop. They'd never get there. As the trolley clacked down Fifth Avenue past the grand mansions of Millionaire's Row, she wondered what it would be like to live in a house where butlers served breakfast in bed on silver trays and maids did the ironing. They were still too far away to see Forbes Field, the Pirates' baseball park, but it was directly across the street from the Cathedral of Learning.
Skyscraper U, University of Pittsburgh's 42-story Gothic-style classroom campus, which loomed bigger and bigger at every trolley stop. The cathedral stood guard like a solitary gray giant over the Oakland district, the city's cultural center, which was filled with museums, universities, concert halls, and Pitt's football stadium where both Pitt and the Steelers played. She was double-checking her reflection for makeup smears on her new nose in the trolley's window when somebody yelled, Look, the Goodyear blimp! Everybody craned their necks to see. She had only seen the blimp on TV, and now there it was in real life. He watched as it lazily circled the cathedral, just high enough to keep a pinprick from the needle-sharp lightning rod from popping the blimp like a party balloon. There were lots of black and gold pirate caps and jackets, and kids with ball gloves hoping for a suit.